the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to remind you, you probably saw a bunch of flowers as you walked into the building today. Those flowers are for everyone who is breathing. If you are not breathing, you may not take a flower. You can try, yes. <laughs> but if you're, if you're breathing, if you know a mom, if you had a mom, if you love a mom, that flower is for you. And you can share it with someone on this Mother's Day. 2 Timothy chapter 2. My subject this morning is we need godly mothers. Second Timothy chap, uh, chapter 1, my apologies. I'll begin reading in verse number 3. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as did my forefathers did without, and as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dealt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you. Today I want to encourage all mothers, which includes those who have a motherly influence in anyone, those who may be alone today, those who are facing a first Mother's Day, perhaps without your mom, or a first Mother's Day after losing a child. For those whom this is a conflicting day because of the memories that they have of their mom aren't exactly positive or wholesome. I want to encourage all of you today, and I want to declare vitally that we need you. This world needs you. We need godly mothers, especially in the time that we're living in today. It's been said it takes a village to raise a child. And more than ever, people, and because of varying reasons, and I'm not looking to make anyone feel bad, but more than ever, we live in a world in which people other than parents are having a raising and nurturing influence on children. The cost of living has become so high. Choices related to lifestyle have been made. Many kids are in the care of others from birth. Now, some are going to say, what's wrong with that? And intrinsically, nothing. The issue is, when we say it takes a village to raise a child, I think we have a right to examine the village. What's wrong with our American society raising our children? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Reality is, whoever raises our children teaches our children. So what is America teaching today? It's teaching relativism versus morality. It's teaching that there really is nothing actually wrong. It's a matter of subjective opinion. That there really are no absolutes in life. We see this form of humanism being taught in which the ultimate highest plane 
is yourself because there is no God. We are just evolved from a lower form of matter, just some glorified primates. Thinking, this type of thinking and these theories, it shouldn't take much examination, but simply do not line up with the word of God. God says that you and I were created in his image. You want to think of yourself as a glorified primate? Go right ahead. I was made and crafted in the image of Almighty God. It is the beginning of things in the Bible, and it needs to be the beginning of our thinking and the beginning of our teaching as we grow. And the village doesn't teach that. The village glorifies what the Bible calls sin. The village, where it doesn't glorify what the Bible calls sin, it simply excuses it or sidesteps the issue. The village seems to have no sense of shame, even at very basic levels. We can't even decide very foundational or basic things. Brings me back to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse number 15, where the prophet said, were they ashamed when they laid, when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall, and at the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. That, to me, is one of the greatest things that still amazes me. That certain things can happen, and to me, it's just outstanding because of the lack of decency. And for so many people in our culture, for so many people in quote-unquote the village, it's no big deal. No big deal. So with all this in mind, is it really better for the village to raise our children? Now, I want to be balanced here. I'm not trying to put guilt on anybody. Daycare centers and child care providers provide a vital service. And we pray that they would be godly daycare centers and godly child care providers, teaching our young people and our children from the youngest point at which their ability to understand becomes awakened, that there is a God in heaven who loves them and who brought them into this world individually for a purpose. Children need Godly parents. But my focus today is on godly mothers. Mothers who will say, this is right and that is wrong. Not just that this is the way I feel and that is the way you feel. This is right and that is wrong. Mothers with what was always taught to me, backbone who will do battle for the souls of their children. So I'm talking godly mothers. So many great things can be said about the Apostle Timothy. He was a faithful and loyal friend to the Apostle Paul and was instrumental in much of what was the early church. But we see that this amazing individual, this wonderful man who had an impact on so much that we even believe today, began because of his mother and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice. Timothy was a young minister, a co-laborer with Paul. He was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. 
in his second letter, Paul gives insight into Timothy's roots. He was taught the scriptures from a young age. He was taught that this word of God is the word of God from a young age. Not just that it's another opinion, not just it's just some other philosophy. It is not just a way, it is the way, the truth, and the life. 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul continues, or he says in verse 15, and that from childhood you have known the scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. From childhood. This is not about a priest or a Pharisee or a pastor. This is about mom and dad opening up the scriptures and living the scriptures in front of their children. But I've heard from so many parents, even Christian parents, which I really just don't understand. Well, I don't want to impose. I don't want to decide for them. First of all, if you really think that you have the ability to decide for your children what they think, you've never had a teenager. They decide for themselves. Let them make up their own minds. This is nonsense. Our job, we're not looking to make up their minds. We're talking about planting seeds, about what the truth is about life and God. And it's amazing. Parents will choose what sports they play, what food they eat, places they go, the friends they're permitted to be with. But when it comes to their faith, do what you want. It doesn't make any sense to me. Proverbs 22, verse number 6, a verse I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Hebrew word for train there literally means to teach as if you were preparing for a contest. Preparing and preparation requires discipleship. The preparation is our responsibility as parents. And I thank God for the godly mothers in my life and in your life that have been able to make a difference in the lives of people. Satan is contesting for our children. Satan is contesting for our families, and he's not lackadaisical about it. He's not having the attitude, well, let them do whatever they want. He is going for them, and we need godly mothers who will stand in the gap and do battle for our children. You see, the devil knows what awaits him, and he's looking for company. As we pray and train, victory, the victory that we have in Jesus, can become theirs. The enemy influences society as a whole and focuses on young people in particular. We need mothers, godly mothers, who will teach their children to be discerning. Now, I would normally say the word discriminate, but that word has fallen into a negative connotation today because I'm not talking about being, dis- uh, about being discriminating based on color or on ethnicity. But a generation that can discriminate or can discern what is right and what is wrong. A, a generation that can recognize sin when it's right 
in front of you. The only way for our kids to have conviction about what sin is, is if mom and dad have a conviction about what sin is and what is right and wrong. They may not receive the teaching right away, Proverbs says. But Proverbs tells us that although they may kick against it, they may argue with it, they may even walk away from it, they're not going to get very far. I'm th- I thank God for a mom who prayed for me. So mom, don't give up. Do not give up. Remain the standard bearer in your home, even if you have to keep that standard alone. Even if you don't see results. And even, perhaps even more so, not if you don't see results, but if you see results to the contrary. Hold the line. Don't give up. God will use your life. God will use your conviction. God will use your testimony as a marker in the lives of young people, your own and the lives of others, about what is right and where they need to go. Not only was Timothy taught the scriptures, and in his case, the scriptures were the Old Testament scriptures from a young age, his mother and grandmother were also open to the gospel and embraced it. As verse 5 from what we read said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dealt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is also in you. Timothy's faith was genuine, Paul said. But it dwelt in both his mother and grandmother. Our lives, as well as our words, but our lives need to lead our children, which means we don't just encourage them to have a Christian faith. We have one ourselves. It used to be the big comment that when church buses were the big thing, that church buses would go through the entire neighborhood, picking up so many kids and bringing them to church, coming into the church, and the church parking lot was empty because it was filled with children, but none of the moms and dads were there. How about instead of sending children to church, we go with them? Perhaps the verse in Proverbs should say, train up a child in the way he should go, and go there yourself once in a while. A few questions. Do our children see godliness in us? Do they see love and mercy in us? Do they see grace? Do they see his love and his discipline? Now, people are going to say no one's perfect, but this isn't about perfection. This is about a lifestyle. It's about being an example, even in our mistakes. Do we forge a trail for our children to follow? And then the choice becomes there. Lois and Eunice were influences in Timothy's life. Now, I'm sure... They weren't the only influences. There were probably many voices. But the fact that there were other voices in, their children, in, in, in Timothy's life didn't stop them from being present voices. Our kids may try this. Young people may try that. They may stray. But again, mom, don't give up. Don't ever give up on your kids, no matter how old your kids are. 
because God hasn't given up on your kids. And the sobering reality is don't ever give up on anyone. Because not only God hasn't given up on them, the devil hasn't given up on them. Do you think for a moment that when our children begin to follow godliness and turn away from ungodly things and begin to serve Jesus that the devil says, oh, well, I guess I'll work on somebody else. No, he digs in harder. He digs in deeper. That's where the conviction, that's where the prayer of a godly mother who fears the Lord and wants the best for not just her own children, but for all those she comes into contact with, that keeps her on her knees. Truth is, our society as a whole is not fit to raise children. Give me godly mothers, and I know the future will be fine. So my focus today is not just on biological mothers, but on godly women. Women who have not discarded biblical ways and biblical values. Women who understand what true strength is, where true honor comes from. Women who will be an example of godliness to others. So many of you know the passage as we turn now to Proverbs 31. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 25. We're speaking of this virtuous woman. But let's be honest, when we get to heaven, all of you want to sit down with this woman and see if she's real. Because the way she's painted but there are some deep lessons here. Proverbs 31, beginning in verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She will rejoice, she, she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel above them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But hear me today. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Our society praises people and praises women for so many things. Some of them justified and some of them extremely frivolous. But a woman who fears the Lord, who gives her heart to Jesus, who models her convictions in an open and outward way, she shall be praised. Now, I am positive that this virtuous woman chronicled in Proverbs 31 had bad days had bad days, had days when she wanted to look at her husband and just smack him silly. <laughs> Don't be looking so pious at me. I'm sure she had days where her kids drove her nuts. I'm sure she had days where being in the community around her was a challenge. But she feared the Lord. She had an awesome respect and an honor for God. She had the law of the Lord and a relationship with him deep within her heart. And no matter what bad day came her way, she was going to give God praise the best she could with her life. Amen. 
and that position became her banner. And it became her reputation. So mom, don't give up. Ladies, don't give up. Because the church needs you. Because American society needs you. We as a culture are in a tremendous and diligent effort to redefine so many things, trying to determine and put down those who are looking at things from a biblical perspective. But I want to encourage you today, a woman who fears the Lord and follows his way, a woman who will stand firm and say, I follow Jesus because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. That is the type of woman we need in 2021. Stand there and be firm. Because not only does the church and the world need you and your families need you, but going back to the point I made earlier, that village needs you. That village needs you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. My Christian faith is in large part due to my mom. My dad was a good man, but he was not a godly man until after my mom passed away. So the influence of godliness in me, the influence of God and church and Christian things being important to me was because my mom prayed for me. And whenever I would try to look at a philosophy that was other than the Christian way, my mom had an answer. It was usually go to your room, but it it, it was something along those lines, and I'll deal with you later. But she loved me. And she knew how to communicate not just her own love, but the love of God. That's what we need today. So many are trying to, in a noble effort, to communicate their own love, but how much greater if we can communicate God's love who looks at every single individual and says, you're the apple of my eye. I used to say long ago that if God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. But who puts pictures in wallets anymore? So your picture is on God's cell phone. If God has a cell phone. Don't give up. Train up a child in the way they should go. Be an influence to others in the way they should go. And they will not depart. They will not travel from it. We need you. We all need godly mothers. Stand with me, please.